The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk about Legends Night on Monday Night Raw. Did we like it? Did we dislike it? And speaking of that, Goldberg returns and calls out Drew McIntyre. Also, we get into Wrestle Kingdom 15, night number two, and probably more importantly, how we need to support one another with our wrestling community and the power of positivity. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. I think most of the nation would probably want to talk about Raw last night. Okay. So I know what you liked better, but we got to give the people what they want. We're definitely going to give them some New Japan talk also, especially about that main event. How about Cobb and uh, and uh, what's the other kid's name? Jack. He's not really a kid. Jingo. Looks like yeah. Jingo. <laughs> looks like a fire hydrant. I would say this, that what that was a match I knew you would really, really enjoy, and I think that might even have been the match of the night, though the main event was absolutely phenomenal. All right, so we'll get into Wrestle Kingdom 15, night number two, in a little bit. So let's start with Monday Night Raw, Bully. We'll start with Monday Night Raw. Don't you want to talk about Goldberg? I, you know what? A lot of people tweeting last night after the show ended. Oh, my God. LaGreca's throwing stuff at his TV. Oh, my God. He's going to go nuts. He's going to have a rant uh, again. Here we are, just the second show into the new year, and already he's going to have a heart attack on the air. You know, Bully, I have a lot of questions when it comes to Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. Um, because, And let's start there because that's the way the show ended last night. So... Interesting things coming from Bill Goldberg. And that is like he first of all, he questioned Drew McIntyre. He said, you didn't say it, but you're thinking it. You don't have any respect for the legends and all the legends that were on the show last night were on the stage. And he's like, you don't have any respect for these legends, these men and women who have paved the way for you. But it's all about respect. And then he challenges Drew McIntyre for that championship at the Royal Rumble. And he says, you basically have everything but respect. And you're not going to get it from anybody in the back, but you're going to have to go through me in order to get that respect. Basically telling me, Bully, that, hey, Drew McIntyre has accomplished everything that he needs to do. Great match with Keith Lee, beating Keith Lee in the main event on Monday Night Raw. So let me ask you, Bully, is there anything left for Drew McIntyre to accomplish on Monday Night Raw. Oh, there's, there's plenty left for Drew to accomplish, w- w- without a doubt. The, it, it was the respect thing that was a little odd. Um, the Goldberg surprise at the end was pretty cool. 
I like the fact that Goldberg was saved and you had all of the other legends on the stage. It, it made Goldberg look like a bigger star than just about anybody else there. I thought Goldberg did pretty good with his verbiage. He he sounded more comfortable on the microphone. He sounded like he had a, a very much of a screw it mentality. Like I think Goldberg gets into his own head so many times before he gets out there and he works himself up so much that he tends to, you know, sometimes trip over his words or, you know, maybe forget a thing here here and there. But last night I thought he was comfortable. He was cool, calm, collected. He got his point across. The shove on Drew was as legit as legit gets. Goldberg shoving Drew was more legit than Charlotte popping uh, uh, Lacey Evans upside the face when Lacey was trying to get on over with the old nature boy. Uh, They went off the air rather quickly. Then if you went to the old Twitter machine, you saw the aftermath of Drew getting up in his face, like, you know, basically headbutting him. I thought everything that they did in the ring last night with Goldberg and Drew worked for what they had planned. The thing that didn't make sense to me is that Goldberg is saying that you don't have any respect. He's saying that to Drew McIntyre. Well, Randy Orton's the one who walked around all night disrespecting the veterans, the icons, the legend, and the Hall of Famers. If the disrespect line was going to be uttered, it should have been said to Randy Orton, not yep. Drew McIntyre. When has Drew McIntyre ever showed an ounce of disrespect to uh, to a legend? As a matter of fact, Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair and the Big Show were all there to support Drew McIntyre, even though they, they were playing cards when Drew was wrestling. And I said that they should all be watching the match. And coincidentally, everybody was watching the fucking match last night. Yes, and, and I, I, I wanted to bring that up to you because you actually said... And if I don't even remember if you remember saying this, but I do, that they should have all been up on the stage sitting down watching that match and not in the back sitting down playing cards. And then last night we see all the legends that were on the show sitting down in a chair on the entrance ramp watching that match. So that was incredible because immediately when I saw that, I was thinking of you. And then you talk about the respect, Bully, and you're so right. The entire show, Randy Orton, and obviously, if you look at my Twitter feed, very upset about what he said to Mark Henry, but we'll get into that a little bit later, completely disrespecting every single legend that was on the show. Drew McIntyre was actually in the back with Hulk Hogan, you know, talking about this is like a childhood dream for me, getting the recognition and a tip of the cap from somebody like Hogan. So, you know, the words that Goldberg said in that ring made absolutely no sense. Like you said, when Orton's showing all that disrespect and then Drew McIntyre gave nothing but respect to the legends that were on that show last night. Uh, absolutely. I mean, you got you got Drew McIntyre in the back with Hulk Hogan, one of the top three stars in the history of the WWF, WWE. And, you know, Drew showing him, you know, all types of respect and reverence and, you know, doing, you know, Hulk's taglines and having fun together. So that definitely did not, that verbiage didn't fit for Goldberg. I liked everything else. I'm not as down on the Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre match as many seem to be. And that's because I thought they did a good enough job with it last night. 
I think if Goldberg shows up in the right frame of mind, that Drew will be able to get a decent match out of him. I don't think Goldberg will have the same... uh, I I don't think he'll be as hesitant or as concerned um, now that he had that match with Dolph Ziggler after the Undertaker debacle in, um, in Saudi. I think he'll be a lot more calm, cool, and collected. I think it'll be a better match at the Royal Rumble than most are, are expecting. Uh, that's not to say that I don't think a lot of people want to see it, but as of last night, I'm still on board with it, and it's a, it's a good secondary main event to the Rumble. Obviously, the Rumble is the big match at the Royal Rumble. Then you're going to have Drew defending against Goldberg, and we'll have Roman defending against who knows, right? Yeah, I mean, we don't, we don't really know. I mean, there's, they're, they're telling this story of Kevin Owens, but who, who, where is this going to lead to and what's next for Roman Reigns? We really, really don't know, and that's part of my concern. You know, we, we talk a lot here on Busted Open, Bully, about the WWE still relying on these legends when it comes to WrestleMania season. Uh, for me, with especially right now, because, you know, we don't even know how many, if any, fans are going to be in attendance uh, for WrestleMania. So, to me, you really have creative control and not have to worry about, you know, fans are filling a stadium, which... Bully, even when they did, it didn't matter what the card looked like. WWE always sold out WrestleMania because it's WrestleMania. It's it's a gathering more than one particular match that's on the show. But I really don't know, judging from looking at these two shows, what we're going to see. Because the Royal Rumble is the start of WrestleMania season. And we're not that far away from the Royal Rumble. Now, Goldberg was on the bump not too long ago, and he called out Roman Reigns. I mean, he actually, if you you want to talk about respect, disrespected Roman Reigns, really talked down about Roman Reigns, and called him out and said he he wants a shot at that championship title because it didn't happen at WrestleMania 36. Now, last night, he's challenging Drew McIntyre for the WWE championship. So I'm wondering where this is going to lead past the Royal Rumble. If you're telling me, Bully... That, hey, this is just a a specialty match for Drew McIntyre. You know, hey, this is a little bit of a pop returning legend. Though we've seen, you know, uh, Goldberg return many times now in the last few years. That this is just like a specialty match. I'm just concerned that we're going to see Goldberg beyond the Royal Rumble. And possibly a title change where we might see Goldberg as a champion. Dave, as we get deeper and deeper into this COVID era pro wrestling and it being strictly a TV product, they are going to have to do anything and everything to keep people's interests peak. Whether your interest is peaked in a good way or a bad way, as long as they have people tuning in for something. I bet you if Goldberg were to beat uh, Drew McIntyre at the Royal Rumble, people would want to tune into WrestleMania, just, first of all, just because it's WrestleMania, and then see Drew get his championship back. So uh, I'm not as uh, I'm not nearly as negative about the whole Goldberg situation as many people on social media were last night um, and this morning. I put out a very simple tweet last night on the old Twitter machine. I said, "What did you think of Raw?" I put up a little GIF of Goldberg, and I think I got close to 400 comments from fans, you know, and the nation. Uh, 
basically saying, no, I've had enough of Goldberg, enough of Goldberg, enough of Goldberg. I don't want Goldberg anymore. And I can understand their frustration. Um, WWE is doing what they do and have been doing for a long, long time now. They're relying on stars of the past because they can no longer create stars of the future. And the ones that are are being created, like the Drew McIntyres, like the Charlotte Flares, like the Sasha Banks, like they are stars, don't get me wrong, but they're not nearly the level of a star. That is a Goldberg. Goldberg's a megastar. Nobody in the WWE is on the same level as Goldberg, perception-wise. No. Is Goldberg as well-known around the world as Steve Austin, The Rock, or as Hulk Hogan as The Undertaker? No. But, man, if they're one, he's probably 1A. But the problem, but the problem, Bully, is we, we saw him return before WrestleMania 33. We saw him return again before WrestleMania 36. And now we're seeing him return again as we get closer to WrestleMania 37. And and part of the problem too is now we saw that and it was a it was a very good match between Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre. But you know what? Build Keith Lee that you can have Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre in a main event match at the Royal Rumble or maybe even at but, WrestleMania. But no, because then you can't put Keith Lee in his first Royal Rumble and possibly have him win it. And that's fine. They don't like you say bully, and I and I, I'm not disagreeing with you here because you're right. They have not been able to build superstars like a Goldberg or a Hogan or a Rock or a Stone Cold. Who knows, bully? We may never see stars that big again in pro wrestling for quite some time. But it's not. But the WWE isn't doing themselves any favors either. That I mean, I really do think they have opportunities to build some of the younger talent. To be mega superstars, they choose not to. And here's the other thing, too. Like, it's not like the Matt Riddles of the world and the Keith Lees of the world and the Drew McIntyre of the world are in their 20s. These guys are in their mid-30s. Now's the time to strike, to bring these guys to the next level. We thought they were, Bully, you and I both thought they were doing that with Keith Lee. You bring Keith Lee in, he beats Randy Orton on a pay-per-view. We're like, oh, my God, they're they're. They're putting the rocket on this guy's back. Let's see what happens with him. And they and they killed him dead. And now you have him lose to Drew McIntyre on TV. I mean, can you do anything with Keith Lee right now? I mean, that that's my yes, concern. you can. Yes, you can do something with Keith Lee. I think last night was a significant step in the right direction for Keith Lee. I thought Keith did a really good job working with Drew McIntyre. Now, do you see? can you see with your own eyes and ears why Vince wanted to polish Keith Lee up a little more? Uh, or not? Uh, or I'll tell you. Well, well b- b- Bully, if you wanted him to go in a certain type of direction, because it's clear... When they took him from NXT, what he was able to do on NXT, that was not the game plan that Vince McMahon McMahon wanted him to run on Raw. So, yes, if you want him to run this offense that's completely different than NXT, then, yes, he needed to be polished. Though, I still think they could have run the same game plan with him that worked on NXT. Drew McIntyre and Dominic Dijakovic, pretty much same stature, height, weight, width, all that stuff, right? Yes. 
completely different styles. Vince McMahon doesn't want Keith Lee having the same style match that he had with Dijakovic and NXT. Now, a certain portion of the fan base might like that style, but that's not main event championship level style that Vince wants. Vince wants Keith Lee to be able to work the style we saw Keith work last night. And hats off to uh, Drew McIntyre for being a hell of a general in that ring last night. I watched him be a general. At one or two times, the you know, the, the, a little audio got picked up of him being a general, a very vocal general, but I think he helped Keith Lee out a lot. I thought Keith Keith was a great follower last night. And any great match, any good match, great match, any good tag team, um, you always need a leader and you always need a follower. And one is as important as the other. Because in a singles match like we saw last night, Drew McIntyre can be the best leader in the world in the middle of that ring, but if Keith Lee is not as good of a follower, the match won't be as, as didn't, won't come off as well as it did. There were times last night where I could see Keith Lee thinking. There were times early on in the match where Keith was just throwing punches with Drew in the corner randomly, just waiting, it almost seemed, for Drew to tell him what to do. There were times when Drew was throwing punches and Keith wasn't even registering that. Them. When I see stuff like that, I know that somebody's thinking. They're thinking so much in the middle of that ring that they're forgetting to do all the little things. And here's an example of the little thing. So Drew punches Keith Lee. Keith Lee doesn't even snap his head back. He doesn't even register the punch because he's thinking too much. Drew McIntyre does a nip up. And what was the first thing that he did after the nip up? What did he do? He went back and he sold his ribs. His ribs were hurting from a move that just happened before the nip up. He does the nip up to show his fire, but boom, goes right back down to the cell and then comes out of the cell back into the fire. Those are the little things. That's when you have a comfort level in the ring. That's when you're able to fully immerse yourself in what you're doing and not think so much. Keith was doing a lot of thinking last night, but... Step in the right direction. That's the style Vince works wants Keith Lee working. All right, and you got to follow the game plan that the boss wants. Now, Drew McIntyre, as you're saying, is a ring general. I, you and I both agree that Drew McIntyre is something special, but he's missing something. You know, that one, you always say, you, hey, you know, you need that dance partner in the ring that's going to take you to that next level. He was able to do that with Randy Orton. But now you even want to go to another level as we get closer to WrestleMania 37. The big story with Drew McIntyre was winning the Rumble, getting that opportunity against Brock Lesnar at 36, and winning the championship, which he accomplished. Now you want him to go to the next level. So, Bully, let me ask you, is Goldberg that guy? Is this, is Goldberg the returning legend, like you said, the mainstream name? Is Goldberg the right guy for Drew McIntyre right now? to take him to that next level. Goldberg is a much bigger name than Gold, than uh, Drew McIntyre. There's no doubt. So perception point of view, Drew is working up to a bigger star's level. In the ring, Drew will have to custom tailor a match that gives him the best opportunity to have a great match with Goldberg. And this is the beauty of working. And when you know what you're doing in the middle of the ring, you can work a match that features both uh, both performers 
and and makes it entertaining for fans. This is why I disagree with Booker T on his uh, on his comments about Sting and how Booker does not think Sting at sixty one should have another match. Now I respect Booker's opinion and the reasons he gave, but I disagree with him. Mm-hmm. And it's all because if you are smart and you know how to work a match properly and work to strengths and hide weaknesses and stay away from dangerous things, everything should go fine. Everything was going fine with Goldberg and Taker in Saudi. It, there was a slip up. There was a mistake. There was one little thing that went wrong. That could happen to anybody. It could happen to anybody. And I'm not talking about the jackhammer. I'm talking about the spear into the post where he knocked himself out. He was overzealous. That was a freak error. That couldn't happen to any wrestler on the planet. Are you kidding me? So if you watch that matchup to that point, everything is going fine. And I have no reason to believe that everything would have continued to go fine if that slip up didn't happen. My point is this. I don't care about age. I've never been one of these age guys. Oh, the younger guys is this. Younger guys are not as smart as older guys because they don't understand psychology like older guys have. That's why Randy and Edge's psychology is 100 times better than anybody else in the companies. So. You apply the psychology, you, you apply the right psychology to a match with Goldberg, and you probably get 10 strong minutes, which is all you really need. Did Brock Lesnar apply the right psychology to his first run with Goldberg? Yes. Did it work? It worked beautifully. How long were the matches? I mean, the one match was, what, seconds? And then and then the match that they had at WrestleMania was, what, five, six minutes? There you go. It, it works. So if you understand the, the, the players, if you understand the characters, if the, you understand their strengths, you play to it. So if we know that Goldberg does a good spear, a good jackhammer, a good clothesline, uh, a good bear hug, whatever, let's just take the things that he does well, Let's take the things that Drew does well. Let's throw them in the pot, mix them up, got up, come up with a good beginning, middle, end, a couple of great transitions, boom, and a great finish. And you're there. It's easy. It is easy to put together a really strong match with Drew McIntyre and Goldberg. Well, and, he, and here's the thing. Again, on social media at the end of that show, people thought I was going to come on the air today and scream and yell at the top of my lungs. Because even when you talk about a Sting in AEW, I don't want to see Sting anywhere near the AEW Heavyweight Championship. You know, Sting is there for a particular reason. Sting is there to get over either it's Will Hobbs or Darby Allin. Like, there's a goal in mind within AEW when it comes to Sting. And when it comes to Goldberg, I got to be honest with you. I don't want to see him go after the world championship, but he is. I mean, if you if you really want to think about it, the last two times you've seen Goldberg, the first time on the bump, he called out Roman Reigns, your universal champion. And last night he called out Drew McIntyre, your WWE championship. Nice. You know, you're two times on TV. You're calling out both champions on both brands. But. I wanted to have this conversation with you, Bully, because I don't want to just come on here, yell and scream and point fingers and say this is terrible. I kind of want to look at the positive side of this, you know, because I'm looking at Drew McIntyre right now. I'm looking at a company in the WWE 
based on our conversation we had yesterday. Our conversation yesterday, if you missed it, was the lack of stars within the organization of the WWE. We look at Drew McIntyre. He's a special type of wrestler. I believe he could be a mainstream star. I think he's somebody that can attract viewers who aren't watching to watch the WWE. So I wanted to get your opinion, Bully, if Goldberg is that guy that can make that happen. So I got to be honest with you. I'm going to keep an open mind. But also being honest, I don't like it. I don't think it's the right decision. I, I hate the fact that he's going after a championship but I'm trying to be open-minded enough to see if there is a positive, not for Goldberg, but for Drew McIntyre. I agree with you with staying in AEW. At this juncture, I want him nowhere near a championship run a world heavyweight championship i love the fact that sting will help get over anybody that is even remotely near him in a ring or in his standing in the vicinity which maybe when maybe when fans come back there will be a clamoring for a sting final world heavyweight championship run maybe and if there is and if you can bottle it the right way and if you can market it and keep sting safe in the ring then I say you go with it. Listen, Bill Goldberg still looks really good. He's still an athlete. He still has gas in the tank. So it's the WWE's job. It's the producer's job, the agent's job, whoever's job to take all of those strengths and bring them to the forefront and then tell Bill. You basically got to tell him, like if I was the agent of this match uh, between Bill and Drew, First of all, I feel very confident that I could put together a match for them that fans would love. Very confident. I would tell Bill, here's what you're doing, and here's what you're not doing. Well, Bubba, you know, what if we did this? What if we tried this? Nope, tonight's not the night to try anything. We're sticking to what you have been doing for years. You're going to play your hits. Drew is going to play his hits. And because you guys have never played your hits against one another ever before, it'll be the first time people are seeing it. We'll mix it up a little bit. We'll have some fun. We'll we'll, We'll be snug. We'll give them some good drama and we'll go home. That's all you need. It's the secondary main event behind the Rumble match. Uh, but the other question is, it's again, it has to, before anything else, the goal here is to get over Drew McIntyre. So my fear when it comes to the WWE, and the reason that I have this fear, is look at the history the last few years since the return of Goldberg. But you're worried about Drew and getting Drew over, which I agree with you, is the number one goal at hand. But if if Drew loses to Goldberg at the Royal Rumble and then Drew beats Goldberg at WrestleMania, does that get Drew over? No. Yes, it does. He's, I don't that's think the second it does. time. That's the second time he's won a World Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania. Dude, you can only do so. Okay, so who do you want him to beat? Who do you want Drew to beat then? I, I mean, I, I think this. Give me a name. Will... If if not Goldberg, who do you want him to beat at WrestleMania? Yeah. Well, I mean, they they have to build somebody up first, which they who? have not been able to. They haven't been able to do Wait a it. Listen, I don't think we're going to get anybody on the main roster built up enough before WrestleMania time that's going to make Drew a bigger star. So. 
We're left to legends and icons and Hall of Famers and blah, blah, blah. That's so, the who are we going to have? Is it going to be Brock again? Is Drew going to beat Brock again at WrestleMania? Are you happy with that? No. I'm not. The, would you be happy with The Rock coming back for Drew, even though the real story is against Roman? No, no. Then give me sense. a name. And, the, and, a, and Randy Orton, they've already had, the, already had the feud with Randy Orton. You know, he just beat Keith Lee in the main event last night on Monday Night Raw. Listen, maybe you go. Here's one for you. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think you could pull this off. Randy Edge. Drew three-way dance WrestleMania Drew goes over sure Sure. not bad right no I mean you got Randy Orton there's a history there and edge obviously the history there and and the ultimate goal is to get Drew McIntyre over that works for me but again but again this is the and you do it and you do it elimination I'm sorry and you do it elimination you have Drew beat both guys yes but but and again bully like you and I are going back and forth but it goes back to the, the conversation we had yesterday. The WWE has not done a good job of building up the talent on their roster. Because here we are. We're, we, here we are. And what names are we throwing out? Goldberg, Rock, Edge. But meanwhile, they have. you're saying they have not done a good job of building up names on the roster. But meanwhile, on the WWE's Twitter account, they will air the footage last night from Raw Talk with Ali basically rolling grenades into the room. Hey everyone, this is Lisa Ann and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, The Lisa Ann Experience. This is my chance to share with you my experiences past and present, including how I went from living in the fantasy world of adult films to talking fantasy sports on Sirius XM. Each week, I'll introduce you to some of the people I've met on my journey and invite friends on to help me read through the endless ridiculousness that lands in my inbox. New episodes are available every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app and Apple Podcasts. Remember when I told you a couple of months ago I still had hope for retribution? Yes. All of the things that we have seen from retribution that's not on Raw, all the stuff that lives on social media, if that stuff were to live and that was the retribution that you got, would you be believing in retribution more? Yes. And that's why I had hope for them, because I know what can be done with that group. I know how Ali is on the stick. I know how the rest of them can be great backup players. I know how if you gave Mia more of a voice, how she could do. The problem these days, especially in the WWE, is if you don't get over today, especially in Vince's eyes, there might not be a tomorrow. And and I shouldn't even use the word might. There's not going to be a tomorrow. If you truly want to give a talent an opportunity... The absolute bare bones minimum is three months. Three months of putting them out there and see what they can do. Matches, promos, vignettes, whatever. The the whole nine yards. If it was up to a guy like Heyman, he would probably say six months. Because it takes time for characters to get traction. And with the way they hit the start-stop, a button over there nobody gets traction anywhere anytime anywhere so you see something on huh it's impossible just look at the show last night all the champions lost last night 
So how are you supposed to build yourself up if, if this 50-50 booking bully? It's yeah, impossible. but losing doesn't really matter. It's about investing in the character. That's where the traction lies. Traction doesn't lie in somebody winning and losing. And speaking of losing, um, my condolences today on a very serious and somber um, note, my condolences to our very own girl, our very own Gabby. Um, last night, Shelton Benjamin lost in the middle of the ring, um, got rolled up, lost the tag team championships, and I believe it is because of Gabby. Well, they didn't actually lose the tag team championships because it was a non-title match. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, what is it? Yeah. Same thing. Who cares? <laughs> Gabby's guy lost. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know also, what? And I think the nation should pick up their phone and, you know, send condolences to Gabby or blame her for Shelton losing. Oh, by the saying, way. By, yeah, when she decides I was to say, on top to of that, it, it, it's gonna, it may be the worst week ever, Gabby, because between uh, you know Randy beating up on poor Mark Henry last night, um, Sheldon losing clean. If Wardlow loses to Jake Hager this Wednesday. Oh, wow. And yeah, and Gabby was chasing the hug on the Twitter machine yeah. last night, taking selfies. You know, she's like, oh, I hope Mark Henry does good today. She's all smiley in the mirror. She got buried last night. By, by the way, really quick, when it comes to Gabby, we love Dave, Gabby. Nothing with me and you is really quick. That's right. That's true. I, callers are like, you know, they're turning into skeletons. Me and you remind all. me of my aunt and my mother back in the day. They'd be on the phone for three or four hours. Yeah. yeah blah, 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 blah. But Gabby's like putting over Mark Henry and she's taking. She I is? Put, no. Oh. Listen to me. <laughs> On social media. And then she takes a picture, and I'm thinking, all right, it's going to be Gabby wearing a Mark Henry T-shirt or something like that. It's just it's just her posing in front of the mirror. What does that have to do with Mark Henry? She's chasing the hug on social media. She wants people, oh, you look so good. Oh, that's such a great picture. Oh, the nation loves Gabby, though. Whoa. Good thing you can hold your phone with just one hand when they're taking so, so when somebody's Oh, no, members. no, Dave. <laughs> Dave. The reaction from some of these nation oh. members for crying oh, out loud. No. My no. God. No. No. What? Time out. I can hold my phone. Look at, look at, what no. are you talking about? Why, oh, why do you always God. go that way, Ed? Who? You're a oh, yeah, Ed, not me. Ed, Ed's terrible. Ed's a terrible man. Terrible, what? terrible you're, man. You're driving the show straight off the cliff is what you're doing right now. All of Gabby's Wee. men got jobbed out last night. Poor Mark Henry. Wardlow is the saving grace on Wednesday. I don't. She's got no shot. No, Wardlow is, I believe yeah, Wardlow no is shot. following Gabby on social media. Yeah. Does it matter? Nothing matters, Dave. <laughs> Nothing matters. Nobody cares <laughs> about anything. Are you Words, ready? words, words. Blah, blah, blah. Can we go to the Busted Open Nation? Because we have a ton of callers that want to join in on the conversation. If it's a Tommy Dreamer time, let's do it. All right. Let's go to <laughs> Sam, our good friend Sam in Cleveland. What's going on, Sam? My friends, it's good to talk to you again. How are you guys doing? Feliz oh, Año Nuevo. New happy New Year, my friend. Feliz Año Nuevo, my friends. So my thing is like I... I I'm almost done with Raw. It's painful to watch. It's the same people having the same matches a different week. We had the same matches that we had last week. 
this week is really painful just to watch. And and basically, I know how a problem with Gorber is something different because we're having the same thing every week. And basically, like, poor Mark Henry. Who the hell Randy Orton think he is to talk to Mark Henry like that? That's our guy, man. Like, and he's my favorite wrestler right now. But, like, after right now, he lose some points for me because we love Mark Henry, guys. Thank you for taking my call. I love you guys and talk to you next time. All right, you got it. Very upset about the the comments Randy Orton made to Mark Henry last night. So, I think Mark, I think uh, Randy Orton was the MVP of Raw last night. Although, kudos to Drew McIntyre for for that match and Keith Lee for doing a great job also. But Randy Orton, to me, stood out last night. I loved everything that Randy did. But the MVP of the Randy Orton-Mark Henry segment was Mark Henry. Yes. Not because Mark Henry is on the show with us and is part of our our team. Not because Mark is my friend. Not because Mark and myself went into the Hall of Fame together. None of those reasons. So I ask you, Dave, what did Mark Henry do in that backstage moment with Randy Orton that made Mark Henry the MVP? Well, there was a couple of things. His facial expressions, uh, his eyes. Um, I'm not going to say fear, but but the doubt that he showed, the frustration that he showed, knowing that there was nothing that he could do to Randy Orton, that he showed all those things in his face in that segment last night. You're so close. He did show doubt, but it wasn't in his face. You know why? Because when he was showing that doubt, you couldn't see his face. He had his head hung low. Think about our Mark Henry hanging his head low. I've never seen Mark Henry hang his head like that. I've never seen Mark Henry be slumped in doubt like that. To me, that made the segment. Because in the back of the world's strongest man's mind, he knew there wasn't a damn thing he could do to Randy Orton in that moment. Mark was a beaten man. Mark didn't try to fire up. Mark didn't try to, you know, look at, you know, he didn't, he didn't try to get himself over by making mad, mean eye contact with Randy Orton and saying, you know something, Randy, if I wasn't on this scooter, I would kick your ass. There was none of that. None. His head was held low. And when you see a man, the stature of Mark Henry, when you see a man who has the accolades of Mark Henry hang his head low, you almost feel defeated for him. And now when Randy starts pouring it on, you sit back and you're like, you scumbag, leave Mark Henry alone. You hated Randy after that segment, didn't you? Yeah, I went to Twitter and sent it out. Said he was banned from uh, Busted Open after the way he treated Mark Henry. That was a job well done by those two performers last night. And the subtlety of Mark hanging his head is what allowed Randy to be the bully that he has morphed into. And it's, and it's so true. 
because Mark Henry couldn't do anything about it. And it's not being Mark Henry that he's retired now. He hasn't wrestled in so long. No, obviously Mark Henry's injured. They didn't try to hide that injury. They made sure he was on that scooter so you knew that he had an injury to his foot. And if you listen to our holiday party, you would understand why. He had that injury to his foot. He's on the scooter. They wanted you to know that. They didn't set the camera in a certain way where he was sitting down or he was standing up in the corner or anything like that. They wanted you to know he was injured. And then Randy, as he's using the scooter at the end of the segment, hearing Randy Orton say, yeah, scoot away. Get out of here. Get out of my arena. Scoot out of here. The ultimate disrespect. That's why, to me, Bully, there was a disconnect to the end of that show. Because you, you, you look at the way Randy Orton treated all those legends in the back. The way he even talked to the Big Show. What did the Big Show say? Big Show sat down and said, you're not getting in my head, Randy. You're not going to get in my head. I know what you're trying to do. You're not going to get in my head. But then fast forward to the end of the show, Bully, when Goldberg is talking to Drew McIntyre. And he's talking to Drew McIntyre about disrespecting the legends. Something that Drew McIntyre never did. And what did Drew McIntyre say to Goldberg? You're not getting in my head. You're trying to get in my head. You're not getting into my head. It's almost like they had the wrong players at the end of that show. It's almost like it should have been Goldberg and Randy Orton, not Goldberg and Drew McIntyre. Because Goldberg flipped the script, but he did it on the wrong guy. In essence, what Goldberg said to Drew McIntyre was a complete disconnect because the story that was being told the entire show was not Drew McIntyre being disrespectful to the legends. It was Randy Orton, and he actually was trying to get into Drew's. The wrong guy was in that segment at the end of that show last night. Hey, everyone. This is Nicole Auerbach, and I want to invite you inside the Coaches Clubhouse, a brand-new podcast from SiriusXM that examines what drives coaches on and off the sidelines. We talk to coaches from all different sports and all walks of life about their passion for the profession, their mentors, philosophies, and stories, and also what they care about when they're outside the spotlight. We'll give you a unique perspective on some of the greats in their profession, from Olympic coaches to Super Bowl champions and everyone in between. New episodes out every Wednesday on the SiriusXM app, Pandora, and Apple Podcasts. To see New Japan, to see Wrestle Kingdom, like for myself, I had to get up at 3 o'clock this morning to watch night number two of Wrestle Kingdom 15. I, I find joy in that. And I, I tweeted this out this morning, and it was right after Abushi defended both the IWGP uh, Heavyweight Championship and the IWGP Intercontinental Championship after beating Naito in night number one and defending it against Jay White. And I tweeted this, Bully, and I said, Believe again, believe in the magic, the power of pro wrestling, unbelievable. And I, I have a picture of Kota Abushi holding on to both those titles, kneeling in the middle of the ring. And, you know, we joke around about it's still real to me, damn it, you know. But there is the magic of pro wrestling, and it annoys the shit out of me, you know, reading some of the comments from people as I was tweeting about Wrestle Kingdom. And there's the people who get it and the people that don't. And there was one tweet that really bothered me. It's like, I guess I don't like pro wrestling because I'm not watching Wrestle Kingdom. Well, Nobody's accusing anybody of not being a pro wrestling fan by not watching Wrestle Kingdom. But when these idiots take sides, when they're like, well, I'm a WWE guy and I don't like anything else, or I'm an AEW fan and I don't like anything else, you're only cheating yourself. 
And not only are you cheating yourself, but you're showing division. Like, everybody labels me as a WWE hater. Bully, I don't know how many more times I have to come on the air and say, I love NXT on Wednesdays. I love SmackDown on Fridays. I'm not a fan of Raw on Mondays. I'm giving you my honest opinion. Maybe you should say it's slower. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But, like, it's unbelievable the division that there is now in pro wrestling. I guess that happens, Bully, when it's just the diehards that are watching. When when you when you don't have to defend yourself against other people and you're only fighting within the people in your own community. I don't know what's happened to this pro wrestling community. Ed Robinson, our new producer, is coming from the world of music. And, you know, he's not a sports guy. He's not a sports fan. And he's kind of new to the world of pro wrestling. I have had a dozen conversations with Ed where he, he doesn't understand. He doesn't get it. Like, like, Ed, right, how many conversations have we had where you just don't understand this whole division when oh. it comes to pro Like, I have to worry about people because I love wrestling. Like, what does that mean? What does that mean? I enjoy Wrestle Kingdom. I think if you're not watching, you're doing yourself a disservice. But, but when is it? Why are we at the point where when somebody enjoys something, they have to be called out on it? Makes no sense to me. We've had this discussion, yeah, at least a dozen times, and I'm just, I'm, perple- I'm perplexed as to why this manifests and lasts. I mean, coming from the world of music where, yeah, you, you have your tribe, you have your favorite, whether it be your favorite band, your favorite wrestling brand, but there should be solidarity, right? Am I naive to, to ponder these things? You know, root for what you want to root for, but you don't have to put down somebody else just to elevate what you like. Right, I think it's indicative of the world we live in. It's it's negative, negative, negative. We try to remind each other about being positive, but it's really easy. Plus, you really don't know who you're talking to. You're probably talking to some 14 year old in Sheboygan who just got their Twitter mm-hmm. and they, you know, they, you know, they're tweeting out, you know, you know, BS. You know, we can't we 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 can't assume that everybody that you talk to on social media is. You know, an educated wrestling fan, an older wrestling fan, an open-minded wrestling fan. You're talking to people who are coming, who are being brought up in a world of just their minds are being bombarded by negative. So what what do they know? They know negative. There might be negative in their household. There's negative when they pick up their phone. There's negative when they turn on the TV. You know, you turn on a show, you know, if you watch a TMZ, it's all, you know, it's hit pieces or, or mainstream media. It's hit pieces. It's always a perpetuation of negativity. Yeah, but it seems, and I understand what you're saying and you talk about. The I'm world. not saying I'm right. I'm just saying what it seems to be. No, and, but but it's but there's this weird division in the pro wrestling community. Like I, I tweeted something about I don't even remember the tweet. I tweeted something about rest about uh, Wrestle Kingdom, and a fan literally said, "Fuck you, old man, you WWE hater." What did yep. anything in my tweet have anything to do with the WWE? I'm just praising Wrestle Kingdom. Like, why? Because I like Wrestle Kingdom. Does that mean I hate the WWE? Or does that mean I hate AEW or Impact or Ring of Honor or anything? I'm just praising what I'm watching from New Japan. And you know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, when it comes to tweets from people like that, that's why condoms in the block button was invented. 
Yeah. And, and, and then if it was followed with a block and I blocked him because it's ridiculous. I don't need that negativity. Now, listen, I can criticize. I, I come on here and I, and I, you know, I criticize Monday Night Raw. But let me tell you something, Bully. I love the WWE. I lo- I don't know. I mean, I don't. I can't tell you. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not expecting a pat on the back because I'm talking to the choir here. I'm preaching to the choir because everybody's in the same boat as me. I have pumped thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars into the machine called the WWE with merchandise, with with live event tickets, pay per views. Like, believe me. I have I have helped the cause called the WWE, but I come on the air because I have to give my honest opinion. And as much as I praise and bully praises NXT or SmackDown, we criticize Monday Night Raw because it makes you scratch your head. And also, too, I would I believe bully a lot of what we talk about is because we want the product to be better. We want them to. That's why you know what if you're. A true WWE fan, you probably want AEW to do what? Believe me. Believe me, WWE loyalists. If AEW does well, they're not putting the WWE out of business. Okay? So you need to get off that. All right? You need to get off that whole cause. Because that's not going to happen. And vice versa, AEW fans... As big as the AEW gets, you're not putting the WWE out of business. So get off that platform as well. But to me, we need to strengthen our core here, Bully. We need to strengthen our core. Ed, you want to say something? I just wanted to add two things. First off, people love to conflate criticism with uh, hatred, hating, haterade, however you want to classify it. I've never liked the concept of, of haters because, A, nothing is beyond reproach. But there's a difference between criticizing something and taking people to task and just outright hating. You shouldn't hate. Hates the worst four letter word. The other thing rather poignant that we're making or or having this conversation right now, because I just sent you guys Amanda Huber, John Huber's widow, uh, posted a a, a very lengthy uh, statement on social media that basically echoes these same sentiments. I, I won't read it in full because it's pretty lengthy, but I'll lead off with this. The first line. So many people expect myself and my family to hate on WWE. The fact is we don't. We never have. She talks about the bonds that John made in WWE, WWE wrestlers that are family friends. Uh, The children are especially close uh, with people in the WWE, like Cesaro and Big E. And then she ends with these lines here. In my husband's final moments, the people that surrounded my family were wrestlers. Companies didn't matter. Please, I beg you, stop trying to create a divide in wrestling. Support pro wrestling. Love pro wrestling. Yeah, strong words. And and, and a lot of the videos that I saw were, you know, AEW wrestlers and WWE wrestlers, you know, in, in some of the moments with, with, uh, with Brody Lee, with John Huber. On the beat, like Sammy Zayn, and like like they're friends. They they they, I, they work for different companies, but they're friends. I love movies from 20th Century Fox, but I hate movies from Miramax. I love <laughs> albums that come out on Elektra, but I hate albums that come out on Atlantic. Or ridiculous. I love TV shows on NBC. I hate TV shows on ABC. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Those words, by the way, bully, have never been spoken. Those words have never been spoken. 
Nobody says, you know what? I love CBS. I just wa- I only watch shows from CBS. I never watch NBC or ABC or Fox. Screw you, Bravo. We're Team A and E all the way. Yeah, all, all, all I watch is A and E. Here's what I. Here's what I. I can understand how an AEW fan might be disenfranchised with the WWE. Sure, that I can understand. But the amount of just pro wrestling hatred that goes on on social media, it's like, dear God, it's it's draining. It's, and I'm happy to see that a lot of wrestlers have stepped away, especially from Twitter, have stepped away for their own well-being. And you know me, I don't really get into it with people on social media. I just wait till our paths cross. <laughs> Never handle on social media what you can handle in person. But yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, seriously, it's just so the block button, the mute button, whatever. These are people's who's anybody that is going on social media and tell and calling you an old man and f you, uh, you're this and that. Obviously, hates themselves first. Is a miserable human being with no life. I, I, imagine now if I'm, it's not like I'm going on social media and saying, "Boy, I hope the WWE goes out of business tomorrow and everybody's out of a job." I'm saying, "Boy, what a what an amazing match between Abushi, you know, like like Abushi and Jay White, amazing match this morning on Wrestle Kingdom 50, and it gets that kind of response." Think about that. Think about that for a second. I'm just praising something I like and the venom and the hate. This is what's going on in our community, people. If you don't believe it, just look at social media. Yeah, but Dave, turn on the 6 o'clock news. It's all venom and hate. Venom and hate. Where is the positive? Where, which means of whether it's, whether it's your phone, your TV, your iPad, your computer, where do you go to find positivity? Bully. I'm but- sorry, wait, wait. Where is the positivity that is smacking you in the face like the negativity is? Well, it, it's not. I mean, negativity always sells and positivity doesn't. I mean, I've been in radio long enough to know that. But you know what, but I, I, can't, I can't change that world, but I think it's time we start changing this world. Like I, you know, I put everything I had into this show. I bet on this show. Believe me, there was a lot of people that didn't want me to do it. And there's a lot of people I've been in a lot of behind and standing in front of a lot of desks where people behind those desks said that I was a fool for doing it. So I bet on this community. I bet on the on the wrestling community, the popularity of the pro of pro wrestling and uh, the hardcore audience of pro wrestling where I knew this show would succeed. And it has. And believe me, I'm not getting a pat on the back from anybody that said that, hey, you know what? You bet on yourself. Good job. Believe. Because nobody's going to admit when they're wrong. So we only have ourselves. Our survival is based on ourselves. We need to, we need to clean up. We, we need to clean up our own house. Before we start throwing rocks at another one. I mean, I, I just don't get it. I don't I, I, I don't understand. 
Why does if if I say I loved Impact Wrestling, how does that how does that translate to I hate you and I hate your show? How does that how, how does that translate? It, it makes no sense to me. Mutants. Yeah, I mean mutants. You're a hundred percent. You're a mutant. You're Morons. A, if if I am praising Wrestle Kingdom and your response is "fuck you, old man," you WWE hater. Seriously. Also, too, you should have seen the hate that I was getting by what was obviously tongue-in-cheek when it came to Randy Orton and Mark Henry. You're a fucking WWE hater. Oh, really? I'm sitting watching a three-hour Monday Night Raw and tweeting, tweeting about Mark Henry, who's a WWE Hall of Famer. Are you that much of an idiot? <laughs> I, love it when they, I love it when they tell me I'm a WWE hater. Oh, yeah. A, a guy who is standing in a podium with a WWE Hall of Fame ring on his finger. Uh, on, a, on a show, on a WWE show. Fuck the ring. Look at the bank account. And I'm not saying that to be pompous. I'm saying that to be honest. How can I hate a company that has helped me become so successful? You can't. Now, you know what I am? I'm brutally honest. I'm probably one of the most honest people you'll meet in the wrestling business. And sometimes the wrestling business doesn't like my honesty. Actually, most of the time, the wrestling business can't handle my honesty. But I will always be honest with wrestling fans. I have no reason to hate the WWE. I can tell you what I dislike about their product on a weekly basis. I can tell you what I dislike about Raw. I can tell you what I love about NXT. And I can tell you how SmackDown with me is hit or miss. You know why? Because that's an honest assessment. I've been there. I've done it. I've watched it from, I've been up close and personal. I've been 30,000 feet. I've worked everywhere. You know, here's the difference between me and Mark Henry. Well, even me, 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 Tommy and Mark Henry. Mark only came up in the WWE system. Mark only knows the WWE. Me and Tommy know the entire world of pro wrestling and the WWE. Oh, and by the way, Tommy was in the office. The WWE has given all three of us wonderful lives in some way, shape, or form. WWE has allowed you to come on this show for the past 12 years, and it's been the, it's been the number one company you've talked about, right? Yeah, without a doubt. Not even we close. have all made money off of the WWE, right? Yes. How could we possibly hate them? Well, and, and and bully like I'm not going to get into you know relationships or friendships, but I definitely have more closer relationship with people who work within the WWE than any other show than any other organization. So why would I want the WWE to do poorly? I mean that that that's that's asinine. I give you my honest opinion. And how am I a WWE hater when all we do on a Thursday is praise NXT? And I love SmackDown. I And you know what? I pay for it. Nobody's giving me a comp on the W. I pay for the WWE Network. But yet I hate the WWE. <laughs> Ridiculous. Dave, Ridiculous. these people hate themselves. They got nothing better to do. 
We need they the hide but they the whole thing with the keyboard warriors, they hide behind their keyboards, they live in their mother's basement. How many of these people, Dave, have ever come up to you face to face and said what they say on social media to your face? Now, you know what? There's been a hell of a lot more people that actually have come up to me and apologized about the stuff that they have said on social media. But no, no one's ever come to my face and said, you know what, LaGreca, you're a fraud, you're a piece of shit, you're a WWE hater. That has never happened to me. And if they do do that, the best thing that you can do is ball your hand up into a fist and punch them in the mouth. Actually, I'd probably just thank him for listening to the show. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks you for know listening. What? With everything that's going on in the world and the fact that we're down to the core audience, there is no reason for us to, to, to give any more oxygen to these, you know, these Uber haters. You can disagree with what we say. You can have com- conversation with us. Listen, I don't care if people call up this show and were to say, bully, I totally disagree with you. I think you're wrong. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, we could talk about it. Sure, we'll talk about anything. But for the people that think we hate something or, oh, you guys are AEW homers and you hate the WWE. and Oh, come on, get lost. It's I I just said now that we're at the point where you just said we're talking to the diehards. I remember just being made fun of when I was a kid because I liked pro wrestling. But now we're like pointing fingers at each other. We have to clean up. We have hyenas. Hyenas. I I watched everything, Bully. When I was a kid, I watched there. Now, were there shows that I liked more than others? Sure. Like, you know what? AWA was never one of my favorites, but I watched it every single week. I watched it every week, good or bad and different. I watched it. Couldn't get enough of it. Couldn't get enough of it. Because I was a fan. I loved it. Now, I love the NWA more. NWA was always my favorite. Always. And then WCW. You know what? I said it to... I was more of I was a more of a WCW fan than I was a WWF fan. I still watched the WWF. I didn't I didn't hate the WWF. I I liked the I like WCW more. I like NWA more. But man, these people about, it's I, I, it's unbelievable. Can, can we can we talk about can we talk about fun stuff like uh Peyton Royce and Billy Kay? No, it's not Peyton Royce and Billy Kay aren't together anymore. It's Peyton. It's yeah, Peyton no, they're on separate shows, but it's still fun yeah. to talk about them because right, they're entertaining. But, but I, but I do want to say about Wrestle Kingdom 15 a few, a few notes, bully for, for those who didn't watch it, go and watch it. It's available on New Japan World. It's available on Fight TV. Um, it, I mean, you, you, you read my tweet. I, I just, I just read my tweet on the air. Uh, night number, the main event, Kota Ibushi and Jay White, phenomenal. 48, over 48 minutes long. You could have told me that match was 50 minutes. I would have believed you. Over 48 minutes long. Bully, how about this? The longest match in Wrestle Kingdom history, the longest match ever at the Tokyo Dome. 
Think about that. 48 minutes long between those two. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. Um, I actually said yesterday there was a chance there would be no fans in attendance because there's a threat of a shutdown. Between the two nights, night number one and night, two, night number two, over 20,000 fans in attendance, socially distanced, masks. Again, But the New Japan fans just abide by the rules. No vocal interaction, no yelling. Only way you can show is by hands and by stomping in the feet. They did a phenomenal job. Again, in this era, over two nights have over 20,000 fans. Phenomenal job, again, by keeping everyone distant and everyone safe. So kudos to New Japan and just two wonderful nights of pro wrestling. Again, I'm not expecting everybody to wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning, but even though you know now with social media, with my big mouth, who won and who lost, you should definitely go and check it out. Phenomenal New Japan pro wrestling. And props to Tamatanga and Tangaloa on becoming the seven-time IWGP World Tag Team Champions strongest the longest very proud of those guys and uh uh jeff cobb who we're both big fans of um and shingo uh i mean just two hosses just going at it shingo sagahachi yep (laughs) yes shingo tagahashi uh phenomenal match bully uh for those who didn't catch it please try to um, and i think the commentators do a phenomenal job as well um, so definitely check it out. Night number one. Destino! Night number two. And correction, I said longest match in Wrestle Kingdom history. Longest main event in Wrestle Kingdom history. 48 minutes. Yeah, wasn't Okada minutes. Omega longer? Um, one of so their it, matches was. your was, favorite not the match Wrestle, of all time? Not the Wrestle Kingdom match. But anyway, okay. um, a phenomenal job. And, uh. Jay White, again, we talked about Will Ospreay being 27 and being one of the best in the world. Jay White, only 28. So uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling has a very, very uh, bright future. And speaking of Wrestle Kingdom, let's go to the nation. Let's go out to Landon in Alabama. Landon, I know you've been holding a while. What do you want to say about Wrestle Kingdom 15? Hey, guys, long-time listener, first-time caller. I work night shift for uh, an emergency dispatch, so don't normally get to call, but after watching the two nights of Wrestle Kingdom, I had to stay up to call. A few things that I've uh, noticed throughout the Wrestle Kingdom, first was the fans and how respectful of the rules they were. That was impressive. Second was storytelling throughout the night. A coworker of mine through the Jay White match last night he actually was walking by watching the abushi jay white match and he stopped and watched the last half of that match with me he did not have any sound it was just the wrestling that told the story and sucked him in and i was sucked in as well but something i tweeted last night and noticed and noticed again in the main event was the timekeeper it was a small thing in the background excuse me but it was something that drew me in um anytime there was a submission hold with osprey last night and jay white and abushi last night um the timekeeper was raising that little gavel like he was going to ring the bell as he was fading as the wrestler and the submission was fading and it was selling the move so much 
that I thought, oh, they're going to call the match now. He's about to ring the bell. He's tipping it off. But uh, it, for me, it was a small thing, but it really all helped sell the move. And I'll hang up and listen to your discussion. And Landon, thanks for hanging in there and holding for so long. The poor guy, he just wants to go to bed. <laughs> but he was holding to talk about Wrestle, Wrestle Kingdom. Um, I'm sorry, I would have taken your call earlier. But, you know, Ed Robinson wanted to start with Raw. What do you want me to say? Um, <laughs> um, you left him on hold on purpose. I, I, I will say this. Um, you're right. I mean, just some, he had that gavel in the air, like waiting to ring that bell. He, you, you, you have the timekeeper buying in. I, I think about that. And it means a lot. And yesterday we spoke about Kota Ibushi, uh, that even after he had won the match, because the match was so long and so powerful and so hard hitting, and he was so out of it that he actually tried to cover Naito again, even though he had already won the match. Look back to what we saw early this morning between Kota Ibushi and Jay White. The match is over, and Jay White is still fighting. He's still throwing punches at Kota Ibushi because he doesn't realize that the match is over. And and it is so powerful to see those guys on their back in the ring, the ice pack. They look like they went through a battle because that's the way, you know what, in a real fight for 48 minutes, you would be looking like in a match for that long bully. Uh, last night, um, talking about staying down set, I thought Keith Lee and Drew McIntyre did a really good job of say, staying down and registering and selling their stuff. But when it comes to that, those New Japan guys do um, a superb job of making it mean something, especially after the match. Uh, New Japan wrestlers are really great at showing the struggle. The struggle of the match, the struggle of the fight, the struggle for supremacy, the struggle to get a move in, the struggle to hook a a submission on. And then once the match is over, the exhaustion of what just took place. Nobody is up for a beauty shot because you wouldn't be up for a beauty shot after a 48 minute match, after a 35 minute match, you're And if you can make it to a knee, maybe, and then helped up by the ropes, show me the exhaustion, show me this struggle, help me to buy into it. Don't just remind me that you just performed and now you're off stage. Wrestling should be 24-7. In real life, on TV, in person, and on social media. That's how I would love to see the business. And I don't think you can revert back to it because the cat is already out of the bag. Uh, I, and we I, I already disagree. know, and we are, and we've already seen Oz. I, I, I disagree bully because I think in the moment you could be caught up in the beauty of it and the art of it and the, and the pageantry of it in a like, moment. Yes. But even like in the world, let's put, let's just take the world of new Japan. If you were just watching new Japan pro wrestling, I think you would get caught up in the competitive feel, the sports feel of it, the realism of it. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. 
The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. 